Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, the podcast where we analyze our favorite movies through a series of outlandish questions. I'm Brett Tworski. I'm Adam Ottenheimer. This movie, as you just said, is so relatable to us. There are legitimately groups of people, I'm sure, that think of Robert De Niro almost as a comedic actor. This movie, in 2004, she was only 18, but she was an international superstar. Everyone knew who Lindsay Lohan was. Borden is, is Tim Duncan, but then, yes. you know, James Harden is kind of like that Angier. The other one is Mikowski. Oh, that's a hot take! I can't wait to rewatch it and to talk to you about that, that atrocious yet incredible movie for an hour. Welcome back to another episode of Butterless Popcorn. Adam, we're talking about Airplane, a crazy, outrageous film from 1980. Kicks off. You, you've known me a long time. This has been at the top of my list for maybe as long as we've been friends, right? Like Airplane, for my entire family, has been one of those films that we quote endlessly. And... I mean, I can't wait to get to the quote. We'll we'll get to the quotes, and that's going to be a very long <laughs> section for us. But um, yes. just an absolute classic film. It's stupid. It's funny. It's <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> it's, it's horrifically stupid. It's quirky. Yeah. Um, the puns in there are fantastic. Oh my god! It's there's there's just so much. Um, there's so many different types of dumb humor packed into this film. It's one of the one of the most enjoyable comedies to watch, and, and one of the easiest ones to watch too. It is so ridiculous. It, it might be the most ridiculous movie I've ever seen, but it's as as quirky and dumb as it is. It's very well done, and it's smart. I like. It's one of those movies that it's it's. It's so dumb that it's like intelligent the way they do it. Kind of like how South Park is sometimes. Like South Park is a very smart show. Yes. So, you know, it's kind of a similar way. But again, made in 1980, Airplane is a parody film written and directed by David and Jerry Zucker and Jim Abrahams. Uh, it's a it's a parody of the disaster genre, and it's about a war veteran who's forced to relive his past and land an airplane when the pilots and passengers fall deathly ill. Um. It's it's a very funny plot and it, it it's kind of it's interesting. So airplane, as I've said multiple times, right? It's a parody, but it's particularly based off of a 1957 film called Zero Hour. And I had no knowledge of this until studying for this episode, but it's actually hilarious. So here's the Google synopsis for the film Zero Hour. Ted Stryker has drifted through life unsuccessfully since he led a dreadful air attack in World War II. When his wife, Ellen, and his son leave him, Ted hurries onto their plane where he tries to convince Ellen that he has changed. Meanwhile, many of the people on the flight, including the pilot, fall ill with food poisoning. It's left up to Ted with the help from cap from a captain in the air control room to safely land the plane. That's this movie! Yeah. They literally stole the exact plot from a movie that was made 23 years prior. It's unreal. They stole it. Yeah. <laughs> it's un- well, they didn't steal it because they got the they they got the rights to do it. But like, 
not only are they are they mocking the disaster genre, they are completely mocking this one specific <laughs> movie that was made. It's amazing. Imagine like being the producer of this film and be like, "Are you, are you kidding me?" Like when when airplane comes, I know. Out, uh, nuts. I mean, they it's they, they paid it's what twenty five hundred dollars for the rights to to zero That's hour. It? Yeah, I mean, back then, it's it's a larger sum. I guess in 1979, 1980, yeah, a little different. But still, I mean, it's, you know, when you look at, like, the whole kind of budgets that, that productions have, you're right. It's it's not a huge sum, even when you adjust it for inflation. But I, I think what's so great about this is everyone is in parody form for the movie. I mean... No one's taking this seriously. I even read that Leslie Nielsen, who's unbelievable in this film, by the way. He's incredible. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, Leslie Nielsen brought a whoopee cushion on set. And he would he would <laughs> I read that too. randomly play it and just fart just to keep everyone off guard. It nothing to do with the movie or anything. He was just like play the whoopee cushion. It's hilarious. He was fucking with everyone on set. And that's and that's a great point that so uh, Nielsen and some of the other castmates uh, had never done comedy before. And it's kind of funny because when we look back on Leslie Nielsen's career, we think of him as the guy from Airplane, the guy from the Naked Gun series, Mm -hmm. this hilarious man. But before Airplane, he had only been in some serious roles. Um and so he wanted to kind of take a turn into comedy and the, the Zuckers and Abraham, they, they thought it would be more interesting to cast some of these serious actors in airplane instead of just straightforward comedians. Great decision on their end. Unreal. I mean, I I've said it before, but Leslie Nielsen's going to come up multiple times in this show, but he is, he is my favorite character in this. I mean, he, he plays it so well. I love it. Some of the, it's hard for him not to be your favorite character. <laughs> yeah, it's great. The, you brought up the casting in, in, in your point before, you know, we always like to get into who was up for the role. If it hadn't been so-and-so, and, you know, one of them is Ted Stryker. You know, the role was written actually for David Letterman. I, I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, this would not be the same with David Letterman. I don't even know. How, like, I can't even imagine it. I can't. It's, I, no, I mean, and, and our view. David Letterman? Of, our view of David, David Letterman, Letterman is a little... <laughs> It's a little different because, you know, we, we've always known him as this like older talk show host. And then he got this huge retirement beard and now he's doing weird shit on HBO or something like that. But um, yeah, I I can't, I can't see him landing the plane like Robert Hayes did. No, not at all. One I did read though. So when I read that Sigourney Weaver read for the part of Elaine, Damn, man, I would have loved that. And she would be... Co- so Alien was made in 1979, which really brought her onto the map. So she'd be like fresh off of Alien on top of the, the movie world. She would have kicked ass in this movie, I think. I mean, she's... I don't remember her from too many 
funny performances, but um, I don't know. She's awesome. I love Scorny Weaver. So that would have been good. She would have been good. Uh, Shelley Long was also considered for for that role as well. Um, mm-hmm. She was on Cheers. But Julie Haggerty won that one. And, you know, we'll get into Mount Rushmore a bit later. She's but, good. She's but good. Julie Haggerty maybe had the most successful career afterwards. You could argue Leslie Nielsen as well with, with Naked Gun was fantastic. But um, I think Haggerty actually made the best name for herself after Airplane. But it, I think so. It, and this was this was her first movie. This was her first Hollywood production that she was in, and she was unbelievable. Yeah, she was very good. And first Hollywood film for Robert Hayes as well, who plays Ted Stryker. He had been in the show, I think Angie, it's called, in the 70s. He'd never been in a movie before. So, I mean, both of them, well done in their first Well, and features. to have the chemistry that they had as both first-time movie Great actors, chemistry. Really good. Really good. So some more, some more fun info about the making of this movie. Um, so, well, before the info. So it was released by Paramount Pictures in 1980 and was immediately a critical and financial success. It grossed $158 million worldwide against a budget of $3.5 million, which is pretty great. The film got a few Golden Globe nominations, didn't really win anything award-wise. It's not the kind of movie that really would, would smash at the award no. ceremonies. Um, no, but it did spawn a sequel that it was so successful, Airplane 2. Did you ever see that? I never did. I saw, honestly, maybe like three minutes from that, and I turned it off. It was, I was just not. Oh, jeez. Yeah, not, not a fan. Oh, man. Yeah, it, I, I, it's one of those I never had any desire to see it. And although most of the cast actually returned for it, um, the writers and directors of the first film chose not to be involved at all. And I guess in the in, there's a DVD commentary for the first airplane where Zuck, where the Zuckers and Abrahams said they've never seen the sequel and they will never see the sequel. Wow. So I don't know if there's some some hard feelings there or or just because they think someone is ruining their their baby, but uh, tough tough crack airplane too. Yeah, not not a great one. Um... I do actually, I was just, I forgot to mention this one other casting consideration, which I think would have made the first airplane even pretty shitty, uh, maybe along with how the second one is. Bruce Jenner reading for the part of Ted Oh, yeah. Um, Not my first choice for this role. Um, No. Yeah, I don't think that would fit. So. Was he... Was he? A, I mean, I know Bruce Jenner was was an Olympic athlete and a great one too. Was he ever in film? Was he an actor? Was he on TV? Um, you know, very little. So I guess he did some some theater work or whatnot. But um, you know, okay. I'm looking through his resume here, but I don't see anything that. I mean, he was on The Apprentice. I guess he made a cameo on okay. Apprentice. All right. Um, and like Always Sunny. It's just kind of like little things, but, but, and obviously sure. keeping up with the Kardashians. But um, other than that, right. like prior to this movie, n- not, not much. I see. So, 
Some alternative titles for airplane, kind of funny. Um, Kentucky Fried Airplane was one. <laughs> I think that's actually a fantastic title. That's so good. And Flying High, which is kind of lame. Yeah. But um, the Zuckers and Abrahams actually made a film called Kentucky Fried Movie in 1977, so three years prior to this movie. I think that would have been really funny to have Kentucky Fried Airplane after you make Kentucky Fried Movie. Like, that's your brand. That would have been good. <clears throat> I I mean, I agree with you. It's it's hilarious. I, uh, I'm i trying to think if we would be doing a podcast right now if the movie was called Kentucky Fried Airplane. <laughs> True. I, I, I love that it's not just airplane, but airplane. <laughs> with the exclamation point, yeah. Because it, it's, it's got the exclamation at the end, so you got to dig that. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up before we dive into our sections um, so the directors clearly had no reservations when writing this movie and they went all out with their jokes. We love some of these jokes yet at the same time, a lot of, a lot of these age horribly. So I just, I just want to just get this out of the way and, and list some of the things that age poorly. Um, the, the way black people are portrayed in this movie is not great. Nope. You have the, the the two guys, and they and there's a scene with them speaking jive the whole time, which which is which is not very good. Um, and then there's that that scene when they are joining the Peace Corps, and he, Ted hands the Africans a basketball, and they're just like automatically amazing at basketball. Yep. Not uh, not great there. So then the next one I have. The captain is a pedophile? <laughs> yeah, he is. They really snuck that in there. Uh, but he's got a few quotes, like when he says to the kid, you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> Joey. You ever yeah. hang around the gymnasium? <laughs> you like gladiator movies? You ever been to a Turkish prison? <laughs> it's very, very... Uh, I I think I read something that... And I didn't write this down, but the... Um, the actor who plays the pilot, I forget his name, he thought that was very tasteless. And then the Zuckers were like, what's wrong with, with you being a pedophile? Yeah, um, it's it's Peter Graves. I think he he might have sensed that. But it's it's hilarious because like, nah, Joey could stay up here now. <laughs> it's just like, ooh, that's, um, that's strange. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't bring up the uh, light reading, the leaflet of famous Jewish sports stars. <laughs> I guess because it's self deprecating I mean that, that it that it's okay for us, but <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Since we're since we're Jewish, it's fine. But <laughs> I mean it is funny that it's just a little one page. Yeah, piece do you have of, anything like, light? Little, yeah, little that's fantastic. <laughs> uh no, that's actually kinda of funny. It's the same thing with the um with the uh, Air Israel. Oh. Or the like the Israeli airline. Oh, I love that so and then much. the and the <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's really funny. But we're able to say this is kind of funny because we're Jewish. Um, and it's got the it's got the beard and the talus and yes, the keeper yes, on the yes. plane. <laughs> um, a couple more I had here for for what ages horribly today. So the when the inflatable pilot just like gropes Elaine's breasts. Eh. Yeah, I I, I not, felt not I felt that same thought. Yep. Yeah, and then so okay, I love this character, but his purpose in the movie I I don't I don't love. So Johnny, who's um, Although it's never said, he's kind of like the stereotypical gay man in the film. And like he's his character is funny, but at the same time, it's almost like he's on screen just because it's like, oh, like 
you know, we don't know anything about this man, but he's kind of like, you know what I mean? He's like there to make you laugh right. because the way he acts and like the way his, his voice sounds, I don't know. I don't, I don't love that the way he's, yeah, you're, you're, that. you're, you're kind of taught to laugh at him and not with him in that sense. So I, I get that. Right. But he does have some funny, he lines. does have some good quotes. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does, which we'll get into. So that, that's all I have. Those things, obviously it was a different time. Um, those don't sit incredibly well today, but overall we're doing this movie for a reason because we've watched it for, for years and years and we love it. So you ready to dive in? Let's do it. All right, Adam, a lot of great scenes in airplane. What are your favorites? So I love the doctor. So Leslie Nielsen's character doc is explaining what will happen when someone eats the fish and he's narrating it. He's like, you know, they'll experience like a fever and sweat, like everything. And at the same time, Captain Over is experiencing all of those symptoms at, like right on cue. And then he passes out. He starts seizing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll be like muscle spasms. And he starts like, yeah, all of that. Um, so he passes out, and then the automatic pilot we're introduced to, which is, I, I think, glorious. <laughs> I love that inflatable Mac pilot. So um, that whole sequence is great. I love, this is kind of like a minor scene, but Rex Kramer coming and just beating the shit out of everyone that's trying to get him to donate. <laughs> <laughs> that is really good. I love all it. those moments with with the with the with the people donating are are great. Yeah, <laughs> they, I don't. They keep bringing it up. It's so funny. Um, I love the montage of the different newscasters. Um, some of this is oh, that's really good. It's a little questionable, but I love the best part is at the end the counterpoint. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's like they knew what they were doing. <laughs> I say, let them crash. <laughs> that one is so funny. Yeah, I love that guy. I love that guy. Uh, so there's that. And then two more. Uh, Doc's pump up speech talking about George Zip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He looked at me. He said, Doc, he said, yeah. And he goes into like the whole speech. I love it. Um, I do have a movie fart about that scene, but we'll get to that. Interesting. Okay. Uh, But uh, last but not least, my winner is the bar scene when Ted meets Elaine. And you've got, you know, the whole 70s. You got the disco ball. And, you know, he's like, Ted's like, luckily, fate was on my side. And it was just because some other dude got stabbed when he was dancing with Elaine. Yeah, he's doing the dance move. Yeah, so um, the whole scene because it it I, I love everything about it because the the two women are fighting in the bar, and Ted is narrating about how you've got so much going on in terms of like the violence at the bar, and he meets Elaine. The dance moves are absolutely absurd. Um, but it's staying alive and it's just every, every, every time I hear that song, I think of that scene. So I got to go with that one as my winner. That's, that's my scene of the movie as well. It, I mean, it's impossible to not fall in love with that scene. Um, it's a ripoff of Saturday night fever, which is really <laughs> funny too. 
I love that because he's so John Travolta <laughs> with, the, with the disco dance. Um, I love a little line he throws out in there in the beginning when he's like, um, what does he say? He's talking about there's a fight that breaks out every night. It's worse than Detroit. <laughs> good he also he also asked the guy next to him to pinch him right and then the guy's face is oh, like yeah. what the fuck it's like what are you doing dude oh that's detroit line uh, yeah funny. but then it's like ted there's like the scene where they're dancing ted throws elaine he throws her up in the air and then she like vanishes and then like a good like six or seven seconds go by and then she just flies into his arms from like across the room it's like oh where'd you come from it's so funny because that's like the third thing that he throws that gets thrown back at him. Like he threw his hat and his jacket and someone throws it back at him. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, and then when, when Ted starts doing like the, the like the Irish jig. <laughs> or is that like doing but you know what I mean? He's like but he's like kicking yeah. his legs. <laughs> yeah. But it's very clear. It is so overblown. That he, you could like he's clearly like on a string or something <laughs> yeah. because you can't that like that position that he's doing is physically impossible. <laughs> he just can't do it. Yeah, it's it's unreal. And then like they're dancing and Elaine just grabs his legs and they're just, like going in a circle. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just so ridiculous and hilarious. So that's my favorite scene. Um, I also love the scene when Doctor Rummick is describing the onset of of the virus from the fish and then you have the captain seizing and experiencing those that's great and then just one more i have um when joey goes into the cockpit and he sees kareem abdul jabbar aka roger murdoch and murdoch just shits on him but then joey's like my dad says you don't hustle on defense <laughs> To hell I don't. <laughs> yeah. So I love, I love those three, but I think it's, it's a clear cut winner. The Ted's flashback in the bar of meeting Elaine. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, Brett, if, if you were to take one scene, make it into a musical, what scene are you taking? Um, so we just talked about, not only do I have a movie fart with this scene, but it's also my musical scene. Uh, it's basically when Dr. Remick gives Ted the pep talk that motivates Ted to go back into the cockpit and land the plane. Um, so sorry, it, I guess it, it starts right after the pep talk. And Ted says, Get out of my way, Doc. I got some place to be. Gotta land this plane and set everyone free. And then he goes into the cockpit where Elaine is sitting. And then she says, Ted, you're back. I didn't think you'd budge. And then he goes, Elaine, I'm here. Please never hold a grudge. And then he sits, Ted sits in the pilot seat and he takes control of the plane. And then he's singing, my time is now. My destiny is here. So move on over and let me steer. So then finally, Rummick barges back into the room and he says, good luck. Good luck. We're counting on you. And if you mess up, he looks at his watch, we'll be dead in two. And then he leaves. And then that's it. And then it's just Ted back flying the plane. Oh, that is good. <laughs> I you, you had to pull Doc back in there. 
because that's, oh, that's what pulls to. it all together. Well, I, I, get, I take that from the scene when he comes back in and he says multiple times, <laughs> just want to wish you both good luck. <laughs> We're counting on you. Oh, man. That yeah. is good. What's your musical, Adam? So mine is the scene. It was one of my nominations for favorite scene. It's Rex Kramer beating everyone up. And so I'm just imagining <laughs> him like walking into the airport and it's just like the set is clear. It's just only Kramer walking in. But then from the sides of the stage, you have these individuals coming up to Kramer. And so they're just kind of like dancing, coming up to him like, excuse me, we'd like you to have this flower. Pow. He like just punches him and then like. He goes down and then another one comes in like, excuse me, sir, would you? And then he shoves him and then it like kind of picks up speed. We got a bunch of people, which is similar to like how it unfolds in the movie. But it's like donations for the Reverend Moon, Jews for Jesus, read about Jehovah's (laughs) Witness. How about Buddhism? And he's just like beating the shit out of everyone, knocking them over. (laughs) And then it just ends with Kramer like marching onto the plane and everyone else lying on the ground. That's really good. I like that. Is Rex Kramer your favorite character in this movie? I love Rex Kramer. <laughs> such <Stricker. a> <laughs> I know, he's, he's such an asshole. I love the moment when this like that random guy comes to pick him up from his house. <laughs> his dog attacks him and Kramer does absolutely nothing to stop it. <laughs> That's, and then like when, but then Kramer gets in the car and Kramer starts driving and he just like hits a guy on a bike. He's, I know this guy. And the guy thinks he's talking about the biker and he's like, you do. Yeah. It's great. It's oh, great. Adam, uh, speaking of you do, uh, there are a lot of quotes in this movie. Some, some that are, at the tip of our tongues on a daily basis, almost. What are some of your favorites? I actually, so I, I'll end off with the ones. I have a ton here, by the way, so I'm going to try to go quickly. I go, I end off with the ones that are, that are like the most famous, uh, I, at least to me. Yeah. And then, but I'll start with the ones that actually I think are the, like the funniest. So the first one, don't start up with your white zone shit again. <laughs> You want me to have an abortion. <laughs> the the people on the intercom. Yeah, that's, that's great. great. Um, I have, what a pisser. <laughs> what a pisser. He, he breaks the fourth wall. It's fantastic. Yeah. All right, give me ham on five, hold the mayo. I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nervous? Yes first time no i've been nervous lots of times yeah (laughs) no thank you i take it black like my men great i think you're the greatest but my dad says you don't work hard enough on defense (laughs) jim never has a second cup of coffee at home (laughs) i haven't felt this awful since we saw that ronald reagan film (laughs) oh Jim never vomits at home. <laughs> a hospital? What is it? It's a build, b- big building with patients. 
Uh, yes, I remember. I had lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that one. Looks like I picked the wrong week to k- quit smoking. How about Mr. Rogers? <laughs> I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. It's an entirely different kind of flying altogether. It's an entirely different kind of flying. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit quit amphetamines. To be honest, I've never been so scared, but at least I have a husband. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. And the last one I have is I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. And that's my winner. Oh, my God. That was wonderful. I'm dying over here. That was great. Um, I'm trying to think. I think there's one. Oh, there's. Okay, there's 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 three that you didn't say, but one of them we kind of said already. So I'll say I'll say the, the few that you didn't say that I have and then my winner. Would you like to accept this flower on behalf of the Church of Religious Consciousness? No, but thank you anyway. It's the first line of the movie. Um, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? I love that. Ah! And then... <laughs> they bought their tickets. They knew, they knew what they were getting into. <laughs> I say, let them crash. <laughs> Aren't real. It's <laughs> absurd. That guy is incredible, too. That actor, whoever that is. So good. He's so funny. Oh, he's so good. They bought their <laughs> tickets. His accent is like so perfect. Too. Wait, what's it called again? The, count- the counterpoint? Yeah, yeah, that's the name of the show. <laughs> they knew what they were getting. Into. Oh, oh, Jesus. Okay, um, but my. My winner, my winner, uh, and you said it, it's, um, I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. <laughs> that guy is unreal. <laughs> By the end of the movie, he's so bombed. He's so bombed by the end because he's, he's smoking right at us. And, then, and then he's drinking and then he's taking amphetamines and then he's sniffing glue. He's so blitzed by the end of the movie. It's unreal. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw up. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. I'm trying it so hard to segue us into our next oh. <laughs> into our next segment. Um, oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, oh. God. So uh, I wouldn't say this movie is necessarily known for its cinematography, but uh, we got to give an ode to the camera. So give me a uh, few of your best shots of the film. So I I really tried hard with this one, but th- but the cinematography is just not is not good in this movie. There's just like, no, you know, it's not it's, it's not good. Um, 
so that said, I was just trying to think of some shots that I thought were really funny or like even kind of creative. Um, I just had one and it's the old woman's legs dangling, uh, when she hung herself to Ted's boring story. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because, because the camera is starts on, on Ted and Ted alone. And then it, as it zooms out, you see her legs just like dangling and swinging side to side. So I think that's really funny. And that one catches you off guard, too, a little bit. Yeah, because he's um, like, oh, man, I, when I talk about Elaine, I can just go on and on. I hope I didn't bore right. you. Yeah, because it's also – that's the first one of – and I love this theme that I think three people uh, kill themselves to Ted's boring stories. <laughs> but that's the first one, so it kind of like kicks us off. But that that's my only only good camera shot. Honestly, the, the cinematography is nothing to, to boast about. But what do you have? Not the tits? <laughs> it's whatever. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's that's so. I remember being a little kid. I feel like that might have been the first time I ever saw boobs in a movie. Well, yeah, I mean, you saw the um, Janet Jacksons in the Super Bowl, but after that, oh, was- <laughs> I did, I did see Janet Jackson in the Super Bowl. That's right. <laughs> that's oh, right. Okay. But in a movie, it, it's so random and unexpected too. <laughs> it's, no, it comes out of nowhere, and no business being there. Yeah, <laughs> none. So I have two, actually. So one of them is pretty clever. It looks like it's Rex Kramer, obviously. He's <laughs> he's getting ready, and it looks like he's looking in the mirror, but he's not. Like, the camera kind of fools you. He's just kind of, like, looking in his house. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It, it kind of fucks with your head a little bit. It's I, don't, I don't remember this. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, wait a minute. I thought he was looking. Um, I, I don't know. The... Another one, which is similar to that. This is kind of like a gag. We'll get into it. But it's when Stryker is painting that picture in the hospital. And the whole time, oh, <laughs> it's just that I guy. I love that. Just standing up there. Where he's like, can I take five? And he's holding the doll. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay. Um, but no, and then the, the one I have is, which is like the only decent camera shots i would say is when the camera switches from striker looking down at the runway but then also it kind of goes back to like the control tower looking up at striker and they can see the plane coming in sure um, that's that's it that's that's all i got yeah well cinematography is not great but that doesn't mean everything else can't be um movie farts adam 1980 it's a it's a very surreal ridiculous movie bound to have some some smelly gas what do you have for farts i only have two uh the first one is there's no real autopilot always kind of pissed me off like that inflatable guy is hilarious but you know these planes are (laughs) complex instruments there should be a real autopilot correct the second one uh is just more of a rhetorical question but why is mrs over fucking a horse (laughs) <laughs> that's one of my favorite gags it's so okay. random she's she's having an affair with a horse you can let yourself out the back out the back <laughs> yeah i don't know uh, i mean the only logical explanation is that don't horses have gigantic penises that is a good point i did not think of that when when evaluating my farts <laughs> I mean that's that's gotta be it. Why else would she have sex with a horse? 
no, that is that is a fair point. So I will uh, I will cross that off then, and I'm going with autopilot. I guess is is my winner, but nothing nothing too crazy for me. Uh, yeah, I actually only have I only have let's say one and a half farts. So my my big fart is so Doctor Rummick's speech to Ted about George Zip that motivates him at the end to to land the plane. So. Obviously, like you're supposed to think that that's fake, but there's no, there's no like any sign of there's no any image of like Doctor Doctor Rummick winking at the camera or like saying in the very next moment Elaine being like, did that really happen? He's like, of course not. I did it to motivate him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I feel like it's supposed to be fake. I don't know. What do you is that true? Like, do you think that actually happened when watching the movie that he met George Zip and and George Zip was like, oh, Stryker's a good man. He did what he needed to do. Blah blah blah. Like, there's no way that Rummick is telling the truth there. But I yeah. want. I just want like some sort of cue where he's like, yes, I lied. You know what I mean? I do get a bit confused there too because, first of all, Doc's been incredibly facetious like the entire movie so whole movie yeah yeah that, w- that would be a very weird place for him to give a truly inspirational speech number one um but number two like you said there's there's nothing to tell us otherwise which is very confusing so i think it's legit i mean i i always question whether that's a real story or not and i I don't know, but also, how would he, how would he know who George Zip was? Exactly, Ex- exactly. Like he never. I don't think he, Stryker. Granted, Stryker talks about George Zip quite a bit. It's true, but but he. I don't think he brings him up to Doc at all. I don't think so. No. Yeah. So that's a fart, and then uh, my half of a fart is just because it's not really one of our classic movie farts. But I said this whole movie is a fart. Just because of how slapstick everything is, like as you said perfectly, on the set, Leslie Nielsen was fucking with everyone with whoopee cushions. <laughs> so it's just like I could totally see airplane and then just a fart. Like this movie is a fart. Boom, that's a fart. Boom, that's a fart. Yeah. No, no, that's it's fair. It's a it's an intentional fart, but but still a fart. So aside from farts, there are a number of gags available for this movie that just make this movie completely ridiculous give me some of yours in in your winner here i have a massive list here um so i'll just i'll just dive in here the smoking ticket (laughs) smoking or not smoking smoking please and the actual ticket is smoking (laughs) it's still smoking by the time Um, it gets on the blade too (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love it um the whacking material mm-hmm. where the captain is getting a magazine. And I didn't even realize that till I re- watched it the other day that there's a shelf that just says whacking material. <laughs> it's really good. Um, Ted's drinking problem. It's perfect. <laughs> he, he can't get the, the liquids in his mouth. Uh, I don't know how well this qualifies for this category, but um Goodbye, darling. <laughs> and she keeps she keeps running into the electric towers. <laughs> Goodbye, darling. That's funny. Um, I said earlier, everyone who kills themselves to Ted's stories. Uh, the portrait in the hospital, like you talked about, the model posing with the baby, and the the painting is un 
real. <laughs> it's ridiculously it's, good. It's it's insane. Yeah. Um. So Roger Murdoch or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, aka Roger, Mur- Roger Murdoch. Uh, the fact that he has his Lakers uniform on <laughs> underneath his pilot uniform, including his goggles, I think is hysterical. <laughs> like when he passes out and they drag him out, he's got all the gear on. Um. As I said before, Kramer hits the guy in the bike while he's driving. Um, I know him. Really? Um, everyone lining up to slap the woman who's going nuts. Jim, Jim's wife. That's great. It starts with them slapping her, and then you see people in line. They have baseball bats, boxing guns. gloves. <laughs> guns. The nun has a gun, I think. That's so great. Um Dr. Rummick's nose keeps growing as he's telling the passengers what's happening. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, Captain's wife is cheating on him with a horse. Um, shit's going to hit the fan. <laughs> and then it's literally a pile of shit being thrown at a fan. Um, Air Israel, please clear the runway. And as we said, the plane has a long beard, a kippa, and is wearing a talus. But um, my my winner for for best gag is when the there's an old woman and she's offered some whiskey and she goes, "Are you kidding me? Like, how dare you? Certainly no not. way. <laughs> yeah, certainly not." And then immediately after, she, she pulls out a tray and does a line of coke. <laughs> oh, for some God. reason that one gets me every time. Oh. Well, those are all so good. I have, I actually have a, a decent amount that you did not name. There's so many in this all film. Right. So the first one is like the intro, which is like Jaws-like, which is funny. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So it's a great way to start off the movie. The second one I just noticed, I've watched this movie maybe uh, 30 to 40 times. I just noticed this one for the first time the other day. The Mayo Clinic, there's jars of mayo in the background. <laughs> I've never noticed that. It's insane. I was like, holy crap, this is this is amazing. And then it leads into the gimme ham on five, hold the mayo, which is great. Um, on the plane, there is a nun reading a magazine that says a boy's life. And then a boy is reading a magazine that says a nun's life. <laughs> That's good. Um. Let's see. I got a few more. Elaine giving head to the automatic pilot is priceless. Yeah. <laughs> um, two more. The next one, when they say, uh, no, they're on instruments. And then they cut to them all playing instruments. Oh, playing the instruments. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is, all right, guys, let's get some pictures. And then the reporters like literally take the pictures. From oh, they the take the pictures. <laughs> That's really good. These are like these gags for me. These are what make the movie. Absolutely. You know, like I, it's it's like I, I can't recall any other movie that even has these either. It was so creative, and it's just like constant. Like every scene, there's one. I feel like. Well, and there's enough of them, and you don't get sick of them at all. They're they're funny every time they show up. I know, they're they're fantastic. Um, let's let's take a quick break so we can laugh out the rest of those gags. Then we'll get back into our next segment. 
Today's episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by the Open Face Trash Can. We all know the worst part about throwing away our garbage, having to pick up the lid. If you've never understood why trash cans have a lid, you're not alone. Are you going to lift the lid up with your fingers and risk getting yesterday's mustard on your hands? Yuck. Or how about using the foot latch to pop open the lid? That rarely works. So switch to the Open Face Trash Can. You'll get all of the benefits of a trash can with none of the hassle. And that's not all. The Open Face Trash Can's patented design allows for constant airflow, so you never have to worry about having a smelly trash can. The cage-free stench is now free to roam around the house. Talk about a two-for-one. So next time you throw away your popcorn because there's too much butter on it, try using an Open Face Trash Can. Garbage made simple. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, where we are talking about Airplane, the parody from 1980. Adam, who's the biggest asshole in Airplane? And I have a feeling I know who you're going to say here, because you've you've talked about him for like three-fourths of this podcast already, but who's your biggest dick? It's got to be Rex Kramer, man. That guy's a dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, first of all, he's like grumpy ass gets out of bed. Um. Like you said, doesn't help the guy out at all when the dog has just beaten the crap out of him. No. Runs over the guy on the bike. Yep. Gets up to the um, control tower, and he's wearing sunglasses inside, which is a total douche move. <laughs> he he also is like, I think it's funny where he's like, we got to talk him up, build his confidence to Ted, when he's talking about Ted Stryker. And then... Ted starts freaking out or whatever, and he's like, oh, "Shit, there's no way they can land this plane." <laughs> it's just yeah, complete douche move. So he's he's my biggest asshole. I do have one honorable mention, and it's Ted Stryker. Yeah, for I was thinking him too. Yeah, for for much of the movie, he's pretty selfish. Um, mm-hmm. the guy's living the past. He can't get a new job. He leaves the guy in the cab for like eight hours. <laughs> that's amazing so i mean yeah he's he's an honorable mention but but x kramer far and away my my biggest asshole i i agree with you rex kramer all the way for all the reasons you said and yeah i was actually thinking striker as an as a nominee as well um he's just like he can't he's so his mind is so one-dimensional he can't really empathize with anybody and he's always like me 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 like you know i can't do this I can't help people, blah, blah, blah. So he kind of sucks. I did have another honorable mention, Roger Murdoch, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's character. He just like yells at that kid. (laughs) The kid, first of all, the the kid's right. It it is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He just just rips him. He's a little kid. Give him a break, Kareem. So, yeah, but I'm I'm going Rex Kramer with you on this one. Kareem is one of those like secret weapons in this movie, right? Like he he's, he's the glue guy. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> he's he's great. Yeah. It's got to be one of the earliest athlete cameos in a film. Yeah, I'm I mean, just now saying off the top of my head here, but like it's got to be. Nowadays we have like the LeBron and Shaq obviously yeah. and MJ, you know, there's right. a ton of basketball players now, but yeah, I mean this was and this was a big role. He was he was not just some side character. He was a legitimate part in the movie. Right. But, and, but like the way 
they the way he's portrayed in the movie is is just fantastic. It's it's perfect. It's perfect. It is. It is. Yeah. So, um, speaking of portraying different characters, Brett, if you could take the movie and place it in the eyes of another character, who are you going with? So it's funny we were just talking about that that scene with Kareem, because I am going with Joey, the little kid. <laughs> um, oh, gee whiz! Uh, <laughs> so Joey's family is taking a trip. It's the first time he's ever been on an airplane. He's ecstatic for this moment. He's always watched TV and movies that have pilots as the main characters and has always wanted to become a pilot himself. So he and his parents board the flight and all is smooth sailing until Joey's dad gets sick, as well as many of the other passengers. And to make things worse, one of the co-pilots, also Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yells at Joey when Joey's like, Kareem, why are you here? And he gets just lashed at. And finally, uh, the attractive girl who's his age on the flight, the only other girl that Joey could have interest in, shows zero interest in him at all when he makes a pass. All is going wrong for young Joey. And once the plan actually lands safely by the end, he abandons his dream of becoming a pilot and he also hates the NBA for the rest of his life because Kareem just shat on him. So that's it. He, he leaves He leaves this trip never wanting to be a pilot and hating basketball. That's hilarious. It's similar to actually my personal life story. I grew up wanting to be a pilot and watching the NBA, and now I do neither of those things. Oh, yeah, you, you do hate the NBA, even though you have to agree Adam Silver is the best commissioner in American sports can't deny that i mean it's by default but yeah for sure i wouldn't say by default no he is good he is good but he has no competition i guess is what i should say right goodell what a dick oh boy if we did the the biggest asshole award for the commissioners in american sports goodell would have to take the cake rob manfred is close but we we could debate (laughs) that one all day we could we could so my movie placed in the eyes of another character i'm going with randy um she's the other airline stewardess oh yeah i <laughs> um, like her so is that the one who has ever, no husband <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get there so. okay all right all right i don't want to spoil it ever since she was a little girl randy had her whole life planned out go to school make a ton of friends graduate become an airline stewardess settle down and get married have two kids and live in a beautiful suburb of chicago She's got it all planned out. All planned out, but things don't go quite as Randy planned. She accomplishes most of her goals, but still hasn't met that special someone. And so she's often depressed and desperate to find a guy, but never lets it get in the way of her job until one flight. Randy is aboard the scariest flight of her life, and the scariest part to her is if she dies, who will even care? Even one of the passengers boasts about having a husband. (laughs) Randy decides to just sit down and wait for the Grim Reaper. But miraculously, Ted Stryker is able to land the plane. And upon receiving a second life, Randy decides that there's really more to the world than finding a husband. Lives happily ever after. I like it. Yeah, good, good story that she finds the fulfillment in herself. Absolutely. I like it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a coming of age. Fan. And um, also a little bit of rivalry with that other random woman who was bragging about having a husband. That woman sucks. <laughs> she does. She, she's Jim never Jim never vomits at home. <laughs> That's pretty great. Um, Adam, what actor or actress would you like to see replace one of the stars in Airplane? I'm so excited for this one, and not because it's accurate, but because I just can't wait for your reaction. Replacing Robert Stack as Rex Kramer. Of course, Rex Kramer. <laughs> I know, I know, obviously. <laughs> Replacing Robert Stack will be Paul Gleason. Wow. Um, and so I just want to see him pointing at Stryker like in Breakfast Club. I want to yeah. know how tough how you tough are. How tough you are. Um, I like it. We can just see him while he's on the intercom pointing at Stryker. He's like, you better land this plane, Striker. And he's just like pointing at him. Um, and he just goes full principal mode. Think about in five years, if you don't land this plane, who's going to know who Ted Striker really is? <laughs> yeah. You're a nobody. You want to see something funny? Yeah. Oh, my God. Be unreal. Oh, yeah, that's good. That is really good. I love that. He's such a, oh, he's such a dick. Such a in dick. Breakfast Club. Oh, my God. Paul Gleason. That's really good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I could see him like driving the car, hitting the bike, hitting the guy <laughs> yeah. on the bicycle and just having no issues with it at all. Oh, hundred percent. Very good. I have, uh, replacing Leslie Nielsen as Dr. Rummick. I have Gene Wilder. I think it could work. He, he wouldn't be as, as deadpan or as blunt as Leslie Nielsen here. He'd be a bit more like grandose and pretentious, but. I think he he, you know, kind of how he is in 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 Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like he's a subtle douchebag in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He's not afraid to take jabs at people. Um, I think he'd be he'd be great at reprising that role here as Doc. I I like that. I like the like the sarcastic slapstick nature to it. I think he could do it. Right. Um, Gene Wilder is good. He's he's impressive. I. I don't Great. really give him enough credit for as good of an actor he is, but um, it's it's tough for me. I love Leslie Nielsen so much, but I I'm buying into I'm buying into yeah. uh, Gene Wild Wilder here. Wilder would be great. The Willy Wonka would be good. My favorite performance of his is Young Frankenstein, one of my favorite movies ever. But mm-hmm. I think like the way he is in Willy Wonka, where he he has this he's this nice guy. But like he just he just knocks on these kids, you know, he like he insults them and he insults their parents. And I think I just think he'd be really good shitting on people on the flight. Yeah, he's he's pretty so passive aggressive about it. I said good day. Yeah, he's <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Perfect. Um, OK, Brett, speaking of uh, different actors here, would this movie be better or worse with Chevy Chase in it? Absolutely better. That's the right answer. Yeah. And I, I think he could be a multitude of characters. I think he could be Dr. Rummick, Ted Stryker, or the captain. He could be either of them. He really could. There, I mean, he, he's got such like the, the lighthearted comedy that plays pretty much into any of these guys. He really does. I mean, um, Clark Griswold, like that's, he oh, has man. a he, he like this movie was made for Clark Griswold. 
I could not agree more. I actually zeroed it in and said that he would he would be Ted Stryker. And I could I, see it. It's just imagine him like at the Peace Corps, like teaching basketball or like the disco night. It's it's like kind of Caddyshack like too. Um, it is very Caddyshack like, yeah. Yeah. So I I just I I I see him bringing that to to Ted Stryker. But to your point, you can put him anywhere here, and it's fantastic. You really could. It's just because, yeah. As we said, th- this movie, that slapstick humor, that's Chevy Chase. At least older Chevy or like younger Chevy Chase, so it'd be perfect. I love I love that. Adam, let's get into some trivia. I'm gonna ask you a first question, and then you'll then you'll take it. Where are they flying to and from? Uh, they're flying to Chicago. Correct. And uh, they're flying from L.A. Correct. LAX, yeah. I, well I pause for a second, but they go, go over the Rockies. But give me one ticket to Chicago or something like that. Yeah, that's how yes. I No baggage. Smoking. <laughs> Smoking, yeah. Uh, nice. Well, well, sticking with that theme, what airline are they on? Oh, that was my next question for you. Trans-American Airlines. Damn it. Okay, there you go. <clears throat> um, you'll know this one. You kind of said, you did say it already once, but... Uh, the options for dinner were fish and chick or fish and steak. What did the doctor have? Lasagna. <laughs> uh, good. I had lasagna. Oh man. This one's pretty specific, but what's the flight number that they're on? Oh wow. I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. It's two oh nine. It was. I mean, they 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 reference it like two or three times, but it's pretty specific. Wow, that was pretty good. Uh, I have one more here for you, and this one is very specific as well. Um, we mentioned earlier that Ted leaves the guy sitting in his cab forever. Uh, how much was the cab fare? It shows how much money it actually stocked up to when it when it shows back to him. Oh man, I don't remember. Uh, like one hundred twenty bucks. <clears throat> <laughs> way way more <laughs> really okay i was trying to adjust for inflation yeah. what is it <laughs> eleven thousand three hundred and thirty dollars <laughs> oh my god get out of the cab dude <laughs> that's a fart <laughs> get out <laughs> oh wow uh, okay i have i have a few more all right bring them on um so how many engines does that plane have and how many engines is ted used to flying oh um ted is used to flying planes with two engines and this has four. Oh, so close so it is four engines but he's used to uh flying single engine ah nice. damn um okay two more okay <laughs> what's rex kramer's dog's name I love that scene, but I don't know. Ship. <laughs> oh, it's, is it ship or chip? It's Shep. 
like S H E P. Yeah. Shep. Shep down. <laughs> Shep down. Uh, his wife keeps saying, she says it like five times. Shep. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is another name. What's the autopilot's name? Oh my God. You're killing me with these, Adam. Um, they start with a B. No. No. Oh man. Uh, is it? Uh, I have no idea. Is it Ernie? Wrong again, Ernie. <laughs> it's Otto. <laughs> oh, it is Otto, and it says it on him. It like literally says like hi, but like Otto, right? <laughs> yeah, and he can. The only other time they mention it is is in, in the, the credits. credits. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, fuck. That was wow. You just stumped me on three questions in a row. Well done. It's good. They were specific, but um, hopefully. You can bring your A game to the next segment. So let's take a little bit of a break and then come back and do some what ifs. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Fresh Toes. If you're anything like me, your feet are not the best smelling part of your body. That's why I use Fresh Toes, the newest foot freshener on the market. Unlike most foot sprays, Fresh Toes are little scented caps that you place on top of your toes to make your stinky feet smell great. Try them in all sorts of smells from mint and bubblegum to grilled filet and asparagus. It's time to take care of your feet, so do it with Fresh Toes. Get your first supply of Fresh Toes by going to freshtoes.net and use the promo code BUTTERLESSOVERBUTTER for a 10% discount. Fresh Toes, the best solution for smelly feet. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, where we're talking airplane. We're starting off our third and final segment, Brett, and we'll start off with this question. Give me a what if scenario here in airplane. What if Ted refuses to fly the plane? He just doesn't. <laughs> Ooh. Does the plane crash and burn or does someone step up? Or something else? I'm going option C. And I'm thinking it is similar to Air Force One where oh. they like they get a different plane and then like open the door and fling into that plane to land it nice and they are definitely using um lucius fox's skyhook <laughs> sky method oh and kareem abdul jabbar is in this movie which the skyhook is his move so there we go it goes full circle, Perfect. yeah. I mean, the the alternative is just let them die. <laughs> they, they, bought they bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. <laughs> I say let them crash and burn. <laughs> the counterpoint. It's a great name for like a for like a a show, like a sixty minutes series. I know the counterpoint with a uh, with the raging so, yeah. Cajun James Carville. What did you? Oh God, I love what that. did you think though? Did you think the someone someone else steps up? Uh no. <laughs> I think they crash and burn. I mean, like that. Elaine went to like every seat, and so did the other flight attendant asking people if they could fly the plane. Nobody could fly the plane. Um. So, the most logical explanation is, explanation is that they crash and burn. I don't see anything else happening. And the engines are, are I think, like dying, too. Like a couple of the it's, engines. It's run, running out. a little hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a great gag, too. 
we didn't mention that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, we there's not enough time because the engines are dying too. So it's they're fucked if if Ted doesn't fly the plane. Fair point. Um, speaking of death, what if George Zip never died? Um, if George Zip never died. Ted still has really bad PTSD. I, I honestly don't think anything changes if George Zip doesn't die. Because, because the scene when we learn about George Zip, Ted's in the hospital with Elaine. And I think they say, like, oh, like, like five or six people, like, under his order died. And then, so, and then they say, like, oh, like, George Zip was here. Oh, he just died, too. So all those people still died, though, causing him the trauma. So I don't think anything really changes. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, they they do mention. I mean, he brings up George Zip a lot. Um, I know George <laughs> Zip. Yeah. So, but to your point, yeah, there's there's other people that he indirectly caused. You know to die so yeah uh yeah i I would say he's he's still struggling with it a little bit very fair adam if you could redo airplane in a different genre what genre would you choose pretty similar to what we were just talking about but it would be a psychological thriller so chris nolan directed it right yeah (laughs) absolutely so it would be basically ever since the war like ted can't even look at the plane like at any plane without having intense PTSD. Um, There's really only one thing that can get him on a commercial flight and that's Elaine. So Ted bites the bullet, climbs aboard and Ted has a window seat, which he severely underestimates how much trouble that would be. Claustrophobia right (laughs) there, man. And he's looking out the window and every time he looks out, he has like a psychological breakdown because he has visions of the past and he sees like planes outside, like crashing like he does in his dreams. And so, you know, he's seeing all that. He's finally calmed down. But then the unexpected happens. Both pilots go down and Ted freaks the fuck out after learning that he's the only chance they've got. And so luckily there's a doctor on board who knows exactly what to say to Ted, gets him into the cockpit. Ted takes control of the plane, but his horrific flashbacks come back. And he basically has to fight them all the way down to the runway. And so with the help of Doc and Elaine, he fights them off and he's able to land somewhat safely and get everyone home to to their houses or their hospital. I like it. So have you, this is really funny. Uh, There was a Twilight Zone movie made in like the, in the early mid eighties where it was like an hour and a half long movie and it had a bunch of different like Twilight Zone, like little mini episodes in it. And one of them is a guy on an airplane with a window seat and he's looking out the window seat. And every time he looks out the window, there's like an alien like tearing apart the plane 
it's like breaking off like part of the that wing. That sounds familiar. And he and this guy is like going nuts and he's losing his mind and nobody believes him. So it, I don't know. That kind of reminded me of, of, of your plot right here with Ted where he's looking up a window and he's having those flashbacks and he's losing his mind a little bit. I like it. Yeah. Well, this is a little Twilight zone but uh, I mean, at the end of the day, he saves the day. So you got to give him credit. He does. So mine here is a murder mystery. So instead of people getting sick from the fish, they're all being poisoned. So the question is who and what is causing these people to die? And plot twist, it's Ted. (laughs) Ted is so deranged from the war. He's so deranged from the war. He gets on the plane to chase Elaine, but then he has some mental breakdown and and he believes that this is his moment to redeem himself and his failures from the war. So he purposely poisons the fish so that the captain goes down and he can and Ted can therefore take over the plane and land it and be the hero. Wow. This guy's fucked up. I mean, that's biggest asshole territory right there, overtaking Rex Kramer with that move. Wow. He's a huge dick. Um, I'm a big fan of that. And I I mean, I guess is Robert Hayes still still the dude there? Yeah. Bruce Jenner, maybe? Okay. Okay. Bruce (laughs) David Letterman? Yeah. No, Rob, yeah, Robert. I mean, Robert Hayes actually does a good job at playing a guy who's who's pretty traumatized and who's got he a does. lot going on upstairs. He does. He's he's pretty good at that. So I think he'd be. I think he could play a very good uh, twisted psycho, where he just talks like this. <laughs> he's very straight faced. I think he'd be good at that. Nice. I'm in. Speaking of Robert Hayes, though, in that performance. It's time to get into some Mount Rushmore here. Does this Absolutely. movie make the Mount Rushmore for anyone in the film? Uh, yes. I didn't go through every single person, but um, the ones I have yes for are Robert Hayes, Leslie Nielsen, and Julie Haggerty. And I know we talked about Julie Haggerty. She probably went on to have the most successful career out of all these people. I think maybe Leslie Nielsen's Naked Gun series was the like most famous like individual like single series or performance but um or maybe him in this honestly but um julie haggerty has had a very uh long career and she's been pretty durable uh so like she's been very funny as as a mom she was really good as the mom in marriage story which came out last year and then in if, i think you've we've talked about this in just friends joyce ryan reynolds <laughs> yeah, yeah she- <laughs> Joyce, is that you? <laughs> Joyce, yeah. Um, she, oh, is that the scene over the phone? Right? Yeah, mom, I'm on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, she's like she's very funny, and um, so yeah. But I I said yes for all of them though. And then Robert Hayes, um, I, I hadn't, I've never seen any other movie he's been in. The only other thing I saw, he had a stretch where he was in that '70s show for a while. Uh, which I remember, but besides that, nothing for him. This is clearly what I know him from. So yes to the three of them. And then uh, some of the other 
like older actors who we mentioned before um, who play the captain who play Rex Kramer. And then I forget his name, uh, something bridges who plays the, the guy on land who comes and gets striker. What's his name again? Bridges. Uh, is it Lloyd bridges or is it Lloyd bridges? Lloyd bridges. Yeah. It's Jeff bridges, father. Um, he's very good too. I don't know too much about their, their filmographies cause they were acting for, 40, 50 years, some of them by the time this film was made. But I said the yes for the three of them. What about you? Yeah, similar. Um, the only other ones I'll add <laughs> is uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which... Uh, oh, was, true, actually, yeah. He was in basketball, too, so... Um, but What? Um, yeah, I I didn't... When I did, was Kareem in basketball? I don't remember, but... Um, I don't know. I saw... Because uh, also... The Zuckers did basketball too. Um, no, that's the wasn't that the the Fairley brothers? No, no Zucker Zucker did uh, did basketball. Um, I'm look. I, I have to look this up right now. I'm I'm sh- I'm very I'm shocked. Oh wait, no, wasn't it Trey Parker and Matt Stone? Oh, you're right. Directed by David Zucker. Okay. Yeah. Good call. Um, I'm trying to remember because I remember seeing that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in that movie. I, I, I for some reason, can't picture him. But anyway, um, I have him there. And then um, another back to David Zucker. So there's basketball, airplane, naked gun. Uh, he also did a couple of the scary movies. I think it was like four or five, which yeah. I, it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. I kind of like those movies. So... Um, I'll give that to him too. And then Jim, Jim Abraham's sure. Um, yeah. I totally forgot the, the directors on this one. So good call for bringing those up. But uh, I mean, like you said, yes is all around for, for pretty much anyone in this film. For sure. So Adam, final question here. What is airplanes legacy? So this is interesting. I mean, it's really a textbook execution of a slapstick corny parody movie really um i think you know it's like it's like this thrilling plot and it was i mean it was stolen but still it's it's like a thrilling (laughs) plot hey they did purchase the rights they did uh it's but it's surrounded by pure silliness and we've seen a lot of movies since then and probably prior was not familiar with it but go like the dumb route yeah but none are as legitimate none are as clever and witty and as well done as airplane is and i think what really sets it apart is like we mentioned earlier those gags and how clever the writing is i think it it really sets the bar high for any movie that tries to be anywhere close to as dumb but but also as successful so i think that's a lasting impact for this movie. Yeah, I totally agree with everything. The The humor is, is its legacy. Um, the use of surreal humor and slapstick comedy and the visual and verbal puns, the gags, it's so obscure. Like, I don't think we have shows like The Simpsons or Family Guy if Airplane hadn't been created because those shows rely on, on those gags all the time. Like in Family Guy, I feel like every other scene... It's like something random happening with a gag. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? 
So, um, you know, that's such a huge influence. And also for, you know, guys like the Fairley brothers who directed Dumb and Dumber, Fever Pitch, something about Mary, Shallow Hal, um, like that's also very similar humor in some of those movies like Dumb and Dumber, especially where it's just so outrageous and just like, doesn't really make sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, just a lot of the shows and the movies that rely on that over the top humor are are not a thing if it wasn't for airplane. It took a little over 75 minutes to get to a Jim Carrey reference, but I'm glad we got it in here because (laughs) that's, that's a must on this show. Oh God. Well, okay. Does it count that we didn't actually, I didn't say Jim Carrey. I just mentioned a movie that he stars in. He popped into the audience's head. So I think, I think we'll count it. (laughs) Fuck. It's true. When, when I hear dumb and dumber, I, Jim Carrey, Lloyd Christmas pops in my head. Not, uh, what's, what's, um, Jeff Daniels character again. Um, Harry. Yeah. Harry. Uh, I, I'm completely blanking. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's Jim Carrey. All right. You got me. So (laughs) 75 minutes. Um, Adam airplane is, is it's great for all the reasons we just mentioned. Is there anything else you would like to add on this, on this splendid movie? I'd say go watch it again, go watch it again. And indeed we will soon. Everyone. Thanks so much for listening to butterless popcorn. Go watch airplane and laugh your ass off until then. Talk to you soon.